Good morning. You're listening to I'm Glad You Asked. In the studio with me today is my wife, Rebecca. Say hi, say hi Becca. Hello, everyone. Rebecca, today we're going to talk a little bit about the word worldview. That's just a fancy way of saying how we see the world. Right. In one sense, what we know to be true influences how we look at life. Mm-hmm. But it's often more true that how we look at life determines what we think is true. Correct. And that's called worldview. Basically, your worldview is another way of asking, what lens are you looking at life through? Mm-hmm. Now, on, on this podcast, obviously, we're assuming a Christian worldview. We've investigated claims. We've done our research. We've come to the conclusion that the most real, true, reasonable assumption is that Jesus really did uh, live, die on a cross, raised from the dead. The Bible really is the word of God. That's right. Having said that, the reason we, the reason I wanted to talk about the word worldview is today's question involves a very popular worldview that's becoming more prominent among Christians. Environmentalism. Mm, yes, I've seen that. In fact, a local seminary here in Oregon has an MDiv. Uh, that's the degree that pastors get to be a pastor, MDiv, mm-hmm. uh, in earthkeeping. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm not exactly sure what that covers, but it does show that uh, the importance or the traction that that's getting in the church mm-hmm. up here. So today, we're going to answer the question of environmentalism. Namely, what does the Bible say about it? So I should probably start off by saying that we're not going to, uh, we're not discussing here whether or not Christians should take care of the environment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we should. Right. Right. And we're not discussing whether these claims are valid or those claims are valid. Um, that's outside the scope of what, what we're, we're doing talking here. about. Things. Exactly. What I want to cover is something far more fundamental, and that's this. Do we care for the environment as a Christian or as an environmentalism? Mm. Or as an environmentalist, mm-hmm. okay? And is there a difference? Now, granted, anytime you cover an ism, uh, you're setting some people up for a fight. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to call this podcast, I hate this podcast, mm-hmm. but believe it or not, that name was already taken. Not surprising. And um, and the reason I wanted to call it, I hate this podcast, was the moment you set out to say the Bible has something to say about today mm-hmm. and we're not going to run away from any question, mm-hmm. eventually you're going to get to some questions and make people angry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was asked, as promised, we're going to answer it. What does the Bible say about environmentalism? Mm, this should be good. Well, I'm glad you asked. One of the verses that we use a lot around here is Deuteronomy 4.2. And that is... Um, Remember, God is, uh, Moses has uh, taken the Israelites out. They were slaves in Egypt. He mm-hmm. took them out. They've already wandered in the desert for 40 years. Uh, so Deuteronomy, the second telling, he's telling them, again, he's reminding them of everything that God has said before they go into the promised land. Right. And he says, you shall not add to the word I command you or take from it that you may keep the commandment of the Lord your God that I command you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to say you need to jump through hoops to protect the forest if God hadn't said it. Right. We don't want to pretend he didn't say it if he did say it. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So one of the things that we've really decided is um, we don't want to just throw around our own opinions. We really want to figure out, does the Bible have anything to say about this? Right. 
Well, it turns out the Bible actually has a lot to say about this. And there's no way that we're going to be able to cover all of it in the same way on this episode that you and I could mm-hmm. if we were just sitting down for coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but for our listeners, I want to um, at least cover some key points that will start the conversation. And um, so I really, as I'm thinking about this, I've come up with five different questions that um, really highlight environmentalism as it compares to the biblical or Christian way of thinking. Okay. All right. So first of all, uh, has to, the first question has to do with nature itself. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when, um, I don't know, I think it was Valentine's Day, uh, we went to, uh, we rented that place. Um, yeah. Um, on the beach. Yes, we rented a condo on the beach. The condo on the beach. Yep. And... And if you're listening in like Florida or California and you've got these cool, calm beaches with lots of sand, that is not how Oregon rolls. Oregon is like you drive up and there's like just these rugged rocks and cliffs. And then uh, it looks like every painting of a shipwreck you've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've not been to too many beaches up here or seen much of the coast up here. But what I have seen... The, well, do you remember the waves that time? Are, yes. The waves are massive, and the sky is dark. <laughs> and the sound. Do you remember the, that? Like, we, we opened the sliding glass door, and we walked out onto the patio. Yeah. And it just, it was like a roar, yeah, right? Yeah, it was so loud. I loved it. It was so loud, and it was, yeah. And it wasn't just magnificent. raining, per, per se. Yeah. Um, but there was just, like, the 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 world seemed angry, almost. It like did. It was, yeah. Okay. So, do you... That was your birthday, wasn't it? It was my birthday. It was your yeah. birthday. Um, do you remember just that feeling of, like, how small we were and how big the world was? Yeah. And, um, and there was just a sense of, wow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's... the It's the knowledge of the transcendent. As a Christian, we know that the majesty of the ocean... Uh, the roar of the waves, the the wind coming in, the ruggedness of the mm-hmm. rock, all of that is to show us uh, God's power and divine nature, yeah. his majesty. Right. In, in fact, Romans one twenty says, for his eternal power and divine nature, divine nature have been clearly seen mm. ever since the creation of the world mm-hmm. in the things that have been made. Mm. The Bible says that we see his majesty by looking at the things that are made. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. <clears throat> so I was thinking about this. I was thinking about a backpacking trip I went on with an atheist. Um, and and it wasn't like, this is my friend, the atheist. He never friends. Right. He happened to be. Okay. Right. Um, and so this backpacking trip, kind of the same experience as the, the ocean. Okay. Um, it was a sense of wow. Yeah. Like I could look at the mountains and and feel the crisp mountain air. I hear the birds singing. I taste the coffee and the coffee bean. Mm. Um, I smell the dew-soaked grass. Every sense, every sense I have mm-hmm. knows that God's big and He's good. Yeah. And my heart says, "Thank you, God." Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. But my friend has the same five senses. Right. He can smell, he can taste, he, everything about him knows that something is big and true and good right, and right here. Right. But my friend 
he has a moment with experiencing the transcendent, but he doesn't believe in God. Mm. So he's grateful. He's happy. But he's not grateful to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't owe somebody. Um, he can't say thank you, God. Right. So he compiled a list. Now, he doesn't know he compiled a list. And he didn't do it on paper. And in fact, he doesn't even realize he did it. But I, here's what I heard. He said, man, I'm so thankful. And I said, thankful to who? He said, I'm thankful to Mother Nature. Ah. And then he said, man, we really owe it to the future generations to preserve this for them. Mm. And for him, showing his gratitude to nature mm -hmm. is taking care of it. Ah. He doesn't owe God. He owes future generations. Like that right. sense of transcendent had to go somewhere. Right. That sense of awe and worship. Placed. Yeah, it had to be placed somewhere. Yeah. So the question, first question we want to ask is this. Is nature itself transcendent or does it point to something else? Hmm. Good question. We both saw the same thing. We both feel the same way, but those right. feelings and senses get computed through different computer programs. Mm -hmm. If you will, different worldviews. Right. Um, and, and so um, the, the first question is, is nature itself transcendent or does it point to something else? If I continue on that, uh, section in Romans. In, in fact, I'm just going to read the whole section. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, that's us, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. That's us again. We're without excuse. Because although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like mm. corruptible man, birds, four-footed animals, creepy things. Mm. Paul here in Romans is saying they didn't worship the creator, they worshiped the creation. Right. Mm-hmm. And not everybody obviously falls into that camp. We should all care about the planet. But I wanted to show how it's possible for two people to look at the same thing and come to different results. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, we really do have a lot in common with each other if we'll try to see the other person's point of view. Okay. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. So again, the first question that separates a Christian worldview from an environmentalist worldview is this. Do I believe that the transcendent feeling I get in nature points to God or to nature itself? So let's assume for a minute that you and I, we've answered that question. Mm -hmm. We know that nature points to God. Yes. Um, the, so let's go back to fundamentals for a moment about how the Bible says that man should care for the earth. Okay. Uh, what do we know about man? We're made in God's image. Man's made in God's image. Uh, he's told to care for the land, mm -hmm. uh, whatever that means. Yep. Uh, God's given the land to ma to man to use for food and other stuff. Right. All that comes from Genesis. We know that. Yep. Um, what does the Bible say about nature? It was created by God. Well, we know that God made it. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that God made it to show his glory. Yep. Uh, it comes from Romans and Psalms. Uh, did you know that heaven and earth 
are throwaway items. Yes, they will pass away. Matthew, yep, Matthew 24 says heaven and earth will pass away. Second uh, Peter 3.10 says, uh, Peter talks about um, the earth burning up. Revelation 21, he rolls it up, throws it away. So uh, those are basic, they're fundamental, they're very simple, but we need to keep them in mind as we go through on to these next questions. Yes. Okay. Second question. Uh, is Jesus coming back soon? I hope so. So, uh, Matthew chapter 24, Jesus' disciples ask him, what are going to be the signs of your coming? Mm. So Jesus tells them about the tribulation, talks about the second coming, starting in verse 24. Then he goes into a series of parables about being ready for the second coming. Uh, talks about a fig tree, knowing the signs of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, then he specifically points out the days of Noah and how his... Uh, Unex returns can be unexpected, uh, even though it was foretold, just like in the days of Noah. Um, then, the reason I bring all that up, then uh, he tells a story starting in chapter 24, verse 25 of Matthew, about a guy who set over his master's household, and he gives them food in due season. Good job. Yay. Otherwise, boo that man. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And why would he not be faithful? He... In this story in Matthew chapter 24, uh, he said that if the servant had decided that his master was delayed in coming, uh, then he would get drunk with the other servants and be, and, and then uh, he'd be thrown out where there's weeping, gnashing of teeth. Remember this? Yes. Okay. That servant was not about the things that Jesus, or that the master wanted to be about because he felt that the master would be delayed in coming. Mm. If you get this, if he's coming right back, mm -hmm. I can stay focused on what he's called me to be about. Right. But if he'll be a while, I should probably start trying to make myself comfortable. Mm. Okay? Dangerous. So when we think about global warming, we think about um, running out of water, all those things, whether they're valid or not, all of those things are in the future. Future. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. If I think that Jesus is coming back, let's put in extremes. If I think Jesus is coming back today, mm -hmm. I'm not worried about all of the environmental no, stuff. not at all. Right. If I think he's coming back infinitely never, right. man, this planet's all we got. Right. right, right. So our treasure is this moment, not what's down the road. Okay. And now we don't know when he's coming back. But what right. I do know is if he's coming right back, and if I believe that, mm -hmm. then I'll be focused on the things he wants me to be about. Right. If I think he's delayed in his coming like that wicked servant did, mm -hmm. then I need to focus on the here and the now. Right. So the first question is, do I believe nature points to something else? Mm -hmm. The second question is, do I think that Jesus is coming back and that I should be focused on what he's called me to be about? Or do I think he's delayed in coming? Uh-oh, you know what that sound means? It's time for the segment called Dad Joke of the Week. Becca, even though I'm the dad, <laughs> I normally ask my guests this. Well, it's a new segment-ish. Um, but do you have a dad joke you want to share with us? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay. Where does someone go when injured during the game of peekaboo? To the 
peekaboo. Uh, I, I, I have no idea. To the ICU. <laughs> but dumb. And with that, we're headed back to the show. So let's say that we know he's coming back anytime we're ready. We want to be about the things he's called us to be about. Mm-hmm. So that begs the question. What are we supposed to be about? What are we supposed to be about? I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, still in uh, Matthew chapter 24, 25, he, that whole section, he continues on. And to reiterate the story of, hey, this is, I'm coming back. You need to be about what I'm about. He tells this story. He talks about a guy who had uh, three, three servants mm-hmm. um, that he gives a group of money to. And one, he gives five talents. And the other guy? Three. Three. And the other guy? One. One. And just so you know, a talent is, um, according to the website I looked up, 6,000 denarii. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and if you're like me and you don't know how much a denarii is, apparently that's worth uh, a day's wage. A lot of money. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, one talent would be sixteen, about sixteen years worth mm. of, of money. Wages. Six thousand mm-hmm. ta- uh, days. Six thousand divided by three sixty five. Okay, you're getting to about sixteen years. Wow. Um, five talents would be eighty years worth of money. Mm. So he gives one guy eighty years worth of income. Another guy uh, three. Of whatever that uh, sixteen times three, and then another guy sixteen years. Wow. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so fifteen thirty forty five. So what forty eight? Okay. So then, uh, one guy, as you know, that had the five talents, he invested it and got a return. The guy who had three talents invested it and got a return, and the guy who had one talent, he buried it. He buried it. So the dude gives him like a million bucks in today's, if you're in America, a yearly wage, the average is about 60 grand times 16 is over a million dollars. So I know for me, I kind of have that picture of the guy putting like a coin in the ground. Mm -hmm. Dude's got a million bucks. Yeah. I never, I never investigated that to know that that's what that meant. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. All right. And so the dude puts in the hole. The master's given it, given it to him to turn a profit. He puts it in the ground. He decides he wants to keep it exactly the way he got it. Mm-hmm. Now, listen to his description of the master. The master comes back, says, why, what do, you, what do you mean? This is what I gave to you. I expected a profit. He said, I knew that you reaped where you hadn't sown. You gathered where you hadn't scattered seed. Mm-hmm. I'm giving this back to you exactly the way I found it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he's accusing the master. Hey, I know you're not sustainable. Mm-hmm. I know that you're bad for the environment. Wow. Uh, here it is. I kept it in the ground. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says that dude's going to be thrown out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. So then after telling him, by the way, that this house is going to be in the end, uh, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to separate. When I come back, be about what I want you to be about. Don't just take the resources I've given you and keep them in the ground. Mm-hmm. I come back, I'm going to divide the world into two two people, two groups of people, uh, the sheep and the goats. And he says, this is how I'm going to pick who goes where. Mm. Uh, if you've fed the least of these, 
if you've given them water when they thirsted, if you took in strangers, if you visited the sick, if you clothed the naked, if you visited the prisoners, you're good. Mm-hmm. If not, like, if, right? Well, right. Because if you've done it to them, you've done it to me. Right. And so if I believe the Bible, then anything that falls into this category is good to go. If, if it's feeding and clothing and sheltering, uh, medicines, any of that, um, if, if I weigh the environmental impact of doing all that stuff, then I should be using the resources God has given us to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, by focusing on obedience in this area, we're going to have a clean environment by a byproduct. Right. Because we're wanting people to have food and water, right. et cetera. So we take care right. of it. Mm-hmm. So the second question is, if I know I'm supposed to be about what God's called us to be about, like he's coming back soon, mm-hmm. do I believe, am I being about using the resources for the master, clothing, food, mercy, etc., or am I attempting to preserve the resources by keeping them the way that they are? Jesus tells us something else to be about uh, in Luke records in chapter 16 of Luke. Um, so set the sage stage, Jesus is eating with a bunch of sinners and the Pharisees find out. Mm-hmm. And they call him out for it. Right. And so Jesus tells a bunch of stories about the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he tells a story of a man who knew he was about to get canned. Mm-hmm. All right? His job was to collect debts for his master, but he knows he's going to get laid off. Mm-hmm. So he calls in all these people that owe his master money, and he settles for way cheap. Mm. Like, hey, you owe my boss 10 grand, give me 5 grand, we'll call it a wash. Right, yep. Okay. The boss finds out about it. Mm-hmm. And actually compliments the servant on being smart. Mm-hmm. Hey, you use a situation where you, you know you're on your way out of to make it better where you're going. Right. Yep. Right. And so Jesus then uh, basically says the same thing. He says, um, use the world's money to make an everlasting home. Mm-hmm. Um, so are, are we using the resources we have towards saving the lost? That's what he's called us to be about. Right. He's looking at these Pharisees who are more worried about uh, wealth and other things than they are about the lost. Mm-hmm. Put another way, am I using the temporary things to invest in the eternal? Question number four is this. Do I believe that the earth is disposable and that people are eternal? Or do I believe that people are temporary and that the earth is eternal? Mm, good question. Put another way. If I think that guy over there is going to die and that's it, he's done, right. soul sleep, nothing happens after that. But mm-hmm. I, I think this earth is, is forever. Right. Well, then I need to take care of this earth and that guy, well, nothing really matters what happens right. to him. Right. But if, if I think that that guy over there is going to die and he's going to spend forever somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if I look at the earth and I think no matter how good of a job I take care of this earth, God's still going to roll it up and throw it away. Right then that changes both how I treat the earth and how I treat that guy over there. Right, yes. Right? And so a a paradigm-forming question here is, do I believe that the earth is temporary and that people are forever? Mm-hmm. Or do I believe that the earth is forever and that people are temporary? How are we doing so far? So far, so good. I'm right. encouraged. So final question do I believe the creation is ruled by God or if it's just random like a machine? Okay. Okay. Um, 
global warming isn't going to cause the earth to flood. Right? right. That's a big fear a lot of people, the polar right. ice caps. And we know that because God already caused the entire earth to flood and promised not to do not it to again. Do it ever again. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, people fear a whole lot of things. People fear that it's going to lead to catastrophic weather, mm -hmm. uh, which we know is coming in the last days anyway. Right. Um, but we serve a God who controls the wind and the waves. Right. Jesus gets out, walks on water. Um, we've seen that. We've seen the. He said, "Peace, be still," in the mm -hmm. boat. And he calmed the waves. Then. And they looked at him and they said, "Who is this mm -hmm. that even controls the winds and the waves?" Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, when God's talking to Job, He said, "When, where were you, when mm -hmm. I told that the ocean where to where to, where to stay?" Mm -hmm. And like a tsunami is basically the ocean in rebellion. Like it's deciding not to stay within its boundaries, right? right. Like. We have all this evidence in the Bible that God is in control of the weather. He's in control of the land. Yeah. Um, and in fact, we even see several times this is tied to sin. Uh, one of the verses a lot of people are quoting right now during the pandemic is uh, the Chronicles. If my people call... So God's talking about Israel again. Right. And he says, if my people who are called by my name, Israel, I mean God, if my people who are called by my name, they start messing up mm -hmm. and then... They turn from their wicked ways and call to heaven. Mm -hmm. Then all of those blessings I took away on their land and their cows and all that stuff, then I will hear. I will hear, and I will heal, heal their land. Mm -hmm. So we actually see in the Bible God being able to heal and control this earth still. Mm -hmm. But I only believe that if I believe that God rules creation. Yes. If I don't believe God rules creation, then I'm afraid of those other things. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we we should, in conclusion, right, to wrap yeah. it up, you know when the pastor says, in summary, and then he's got like 15 more minutes of, of yeah. sermon. Um, I don't know if we're going to do that. I haven't heard the whole po podcast yet. But <laughs> in conclusion, we should definitely take care of the world we live in. Yes. Um, no doubt about it. When I was in the Boy Scouts, they taught us to leave every single place better than we found it. It's mm, a good rule. And isn't that the heart of the Redeemer? Yes. But taking care of the planet looks completely different as a Christian than mm -hmm. it does as an environmentalist. Right. As Christians, we care for the environment because of the God it points to, not because it's worthy of worship itself. Correct. As Christians, we don't prioritize environmental worry over the things he's called us to do because we know he's coming back very soon. Right. As Christians, we do work to help people have drinking water, food to eat, and a healthy environment. And we do this unto the Lord, not as a moral substitute for the gospel. Mm. As Christians, we know that the earth is passing away, but not until God decides to throw it away. Right. Genesis 8.22 says this, and I think this is good for us to think about when we begin to worry about environmental impact. Okay. They had, God had just flooded the entire world. Mm -hmm. Think about the ecological impact of that. Okay. And then they get off the boat. Genesis 8.22, God reassures them, and he says, while the earth remains, because it won't forever. Right. While the earth remains... Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. We will be here until, people meaning, right. until he comes back. We're not going to wipe ourselves up. Right. We, the earth will be here until he throws it away. We're not going to destroy it. Right. It's not in our power. Now, yeah, I've been to China. I've been to LA. I've seen the smog. I've, I've seen the homeless camps downtown where it's nothing but litter. I get that we mm-hmm. can make it less hospitable to live in. Right. But as far as the grand scope, mm-hmm. really, environmentalism versus Christianity. Remember we talked about worldview. Right. It comes down to five really, I think, fundamental questions. One, do I believe in the God that nature points to or nature itself? Two, God has given me something to be about. Is he coming back in time for me to focus on them or is he delayed in his coming? Mm -hmm. Three, has God called me to be about feeding the poor, taking care of the sick, etc.? Or has he called me to preserve resources? Four, do I, believe the, do I believe that the earth is disposable and that people are eternal? Or do I believe that people are disposable and that the earth is eternal? And number five, is creation a mechanical model or is there a God in charge of creation? Mm. That wraps up this episode of I'm Glad You Asked. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer on a future episode you can leave us a voice message right through the Anchor app. Of course, follow and subscribe wherever you happen to listen to podcasts to catch future episodes of I'm Glad You Asked.